doctors had told my parents, like, we're not sure how much she'll be able to do. We're not sure if she'll be able to walk or, you know, drive or whatever the case may be. And I mean, I walk, I I drive, I do, I'm very independent. Sometimes I just need to do things maybe in a, a different way than other people. But, you know, I'm I'm very capable of anything I set my mind to. Welcome back, everyone, for episode 29 of Great Minds Think Alike. Uh, Today is our first day of interviews with the people that we met through the One Drink In group um, on Facebook. Um, We're super excited to have Dana here with us today. Uh, Dana is someone who reached out to us um, after seeing our post on the One Drink In page. And this is, like, really exciting for us because we've had a lot of, you know, our own friends and family on, as you all know, um, that you've listened to. But Dana is the first person that we're kind of getting to know along with the rest of you. And we had, you know, the pleasure of getting to talk to her a little bit last week and um, getting to know her. And we just thought she was so interesting. And we loved having our conversation with her yeah. and thought we had to have her on ASAP. And so here she is. Do you just want to introduce yourself? Tell everybody a little bit about you. Like what do you do for work? Where do you live, et cetera? And then we're going to play a fun little get to know you game. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Dana DeBias. I am 26 and I work in social media and healthcare um, full time. I trying to think of like other interesting things about me. I live in the Chicagoland area and I guess like my biggest thing I like want to chat about is um, about my disability. There's a lot more to me than my disability, but it's something I'm really passionate about educating people on and talking about. So that's a little bit about me. Well, uh, I think it's so funny that you were saying that you're like trying to find interesting things about you because Sam and I were like so enthralled when we first chatted with you and we we're like, she's really fucking she's interesting. So fun. She's so interesting. <laughs> like something that we've said like a lot, you know, we've, we've talked to a lot of people from the one drink in page over the past few weeks. And like, it's a lot of people have like an interesting story, but I think you're one of the people that really stuck out to mm-hmm. us as like someone who not only has like. An, an interesting life, an interesting life story, but that really has like such a bubbly, you know, personality. Yeah, yeah like a very like, budding personality. Yeah. On an episode, if that makes sense. So we were just like super excited to talk to you. Thank you. I'm glad that comes across because I feel like I'm definitely very introverted. So I'm glad that 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 does come across on on camera because I feel like I'm very like shy. When people first meet me, they might think I'm not nice but I think that's just because I I have like so many like guards up and I'm I can be very introverted so thank you for saying that very nice I would have never guessed (laughs) I totally would have thought that you were an extrovert unless like you were unless you like didn't say that right there yeah wow full transparency my personality type is an INFJ which is like completely introverted so like all the way yeah that is so shocking. To yeah. Me. Interesting to know. Yeah. Very interesting to know. Um, we did think that before we kind of just like dive in that we would play a fun little get to know you game. Um, I know mm-hmm. you kind of like, you know, shared a few facts uh, with our, you know, with our um, listeners and with us. Uh, but we do have a few like bullet points of like questions that we want to ask you just to get to know you on like a fun deeper level i guess yeah i don't know how deep they are <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna get deeper in the episode obviously but um like we were saying before like we're kind of getting to know dana along you know with all of you and so yeah just some fun questions before we really get into like into the rest of the episode and you know talk about some of the things that dana's passionate about but okay for our first question I hope we don't stump you too much with these because they're going to be on the spot. She hasn't seen this list before. But number one is if you could live off of one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, that's, I would say pasta, like Italian food. 
Yeah. That's, that's a, a good answer. That is a good answer. Like, I feel like you can never go wrong with pasta. No, different types. I know. <laughs> so yummy. Sam, what's yours? <sighs> sushi. I was going to say sushi too. Sushi or pizza, but. Or pizza it's, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, next question is, who is your favorite musical artist? Oh, there's so many. I would have to say Taylor Swift. <gasps> yes. Another Swift. <laughs> Excited for midnight? Yes. Oh my Absolutely. Gosh. I cannot wait. I actually am going on a trip that weekend. Um, and I have the day off on Friday because I'll be like traveling. So I'll, I'll be listening all day long. <laughs> it's so excited. This just like made me really happy because, okay, full transparency, it took me like a, almost two hours to get to Sam's today from like my job over to like her place in the city and the entire time I was listening to Taylor Swift. So that was my drive. Just, she's very therapeutic. Um, you want to go ahead and read the next question? Yeah. Kind of going off of that. What's your, okay. Well, I guess I'm going to make it two questions now. One, what's your favorite Taylor Swift song of all time? And then two is just, what's your favorite song of all time period? Doesn't have to be Taylor Swift can be, doesn't matter. Oh, this is hard. I know. Um, <laughs> really, the hard thing with Taylor Swift songs is there's like one for like every feeling or situation you will like true, ever experience. True. So yeah. I feel like it's definitely kind of dependent on the mood. Um, anything on like, I love Speak Now, like anything on Speak Now. Love Speak Now too. Yeah. But did you have like a favorite song of all time that's not T-Swift? Oh, um, that is really hard. <laughs> I always say this and it's like the weirdest answer, but I have like this very like sentimental attachment to the Lizzie McGuire movie. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> what dreams are made of from the Lizzie McGuire movie. I don't know. That's a great answer. Such a happy that is a great song. answer. It totally it's so happy. I to like incorporate that song into my like rotation a little bit more. It, it's um, so, it's just so happy. It sure is. It's a good one. Lame answer, um, but. No, no. Oh, absolutely not lame. I need to go watch the Lizzie McGuire know, movie. It's been, it's been a while. Maybe I'll it's... watch it tonight on Disney Plus. <laughs> I might do the same. Um, but our next question is, what is your pet peeve? Ooh. Um, I've had, like, a lot of experiences with people who, I don't know, you think, like, they're one way or they act, they act a certain way, and then you find out they're not they're not nice or... The, the being nice is, uh, it's just all an act. Um, it's a good one. So yeah. I don't know. Like people who just aren't genuine. I love that. Yeah. Um, not, or I don't love that. I don't love when people aren't <laughs> genuine, but I love that answer. I was trying to say. Yeah. No, I, I got it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Um, what is your go-to Starbucks order or Dunkin' if you're a Dunkin' girly? Um, Starbucks is consistent. So Starbucks. Um, I love an ice shake and espresso. Yes. I definitely switch it up, but right now I like the pumpkin cream cold brew, but that's more of like a, like a treat, like <laughs> once so a week. Good. Yeah. So good. Um, our next question is, do you have any siblings or pets? I'm an only child. I feel like that's a fun fact in itself because like all throughout school, like, I feel like that's always one of the questions. Like there's always so many things like stand up. If you're, you know, like they play like the stand up, sit down game, stand mm -hmm, up yeah. if you're an only child or, and I'm like the only one in the room standing. Um, Same. So yeah, I'm only <laughs> child. Um, and I really feel like it shaped who I am. Um, just like with being like independent and being really mature, um, especially at a young age. Like I felt like when I was, I don't know, 10, I was, I'd get along better with like 40 year olds, just like not in a bad way, but like in a way where I felt like I was more mature, like making friends growing up was like harder because I feel like my, I don't know, I got along better with adults. I was around adults a lot. Um, sure. I do have a dog. I've always had dogs growing up. So um, I have a dog. She's a little eight pounds, half Pomeranian, half Toy Poodle. And her name's Fiona. She's so cute. Oh, 
so cute. You'll have to share pictures of her with us so that we can like show her off on our <laughs> Instagram. Yes. Yeah. She doesn't look cute right now because she's very like <laughs> she she just needs a haircut. She's getting her she's getting groomed tomorrow. I'm taking her to the groomer. So sure I'll snap some pictures after her. Beautiful. Haircut. Yes, please. We can't love wait. To see her. Last but not least, this this is kind of a hard one. So if you don't have an answer, it's okay. Um, I never know what to say when I get asked this question, but who would you say is your celebrity lookalike if you think there is one? Okay. I've been told a couple things and I don't like, they're very different. Um, but when I was like, especially when I was little, I was told like a young Drew Barrymore a lot. Um, well, a I person that I like, can, I can see it too. I yeah. think like even with like the cheekbones. Yeah. Yeah, a woman at like a store when my grandma was like checking out, my grandma had like a little picture of me in her wallet. And she's like, oh, why do you have a picture of like Drew Barrymore from when she was an ET in your wallet? And um, <laughs> it was like, definitely not that. Uh, it was definitely me. But um, I've been told that. I also at some points in my life was told Khloe Kardashian, but I've been told both. Those are like the two. Okay. I don't really see either one, but that's what I've been told. Both. I, I see them both too. I think with Chloe, I see it in like the hair. Yeah. yeah. And eyes. You have similar yeah. eyes, I think, as well. Yeah. Okay. That wraps up like our like fun little questions. Yeah. Um, but you know, just to kind of like get into what we have you here to talk about, I know you mentioned that obviously, you know, like your disability does not define you and it's mm-hmm. not all there is about you, but there is a lot, you know, pertaining to it that you are passionate about. So I just wanted to open with that and like really like give you the opportunity to kind of talk about that. So like two things starting off. Number one, I know we know because we spoke to you last week, but for our listeners, what is your disability and what is it for someone that doesn't fully understand like the Mm -hmm. scope of it? Like how would you describe it to someone in layman's terms? Yeah, this is a really important question to me just because I feel like people are so quick to like make assumptions or think they know things or, you know, I think disability is oftentimes like the idea of it or the stereotypes behind it are, it's often painted with a broad brush and people just kind of use it as this one size fits all term um, where they think like, because of stereotypes and stigmas, they think like all disability looks the same. And um, I mean, even like one specific type of disability can look different on every single person that's diagnosed, like it's definitely not a one size fits all thing. So um, my disability is called cerebral palsy. Um, The kind I have is referred to as spastic diplegia. So it's muscle tightness in mainly the legs. People can have it in their hands or on like one side of their body. There's like different types, but with mine, it's just like muscle tightness in my legs. So it can cause issues with like balance or just like doing a lot of physical activity. Um, and just, I use a walker, um, growing up, I had leg braces. Um, it's, it's something I was born with. Um, I mean, people can kind of get it from different ways, like during, during birth or just they're born with it. It's not like a genetic thing that's passed down that other people in my family have. Um, it's not, it's definitely not terminal. Um, and it's not progressive. I think that again, people see someone with a disability and think like, oh, they're going to automatically like pass away very young. Or, I mean, it's like same life expectancy as like any other person, um, at least like in my case. Um, I mean, some other people like have then conditions if they have like a more severe case of my disability can have, you know, complications where they have other health problems then that can impact like other health issues, life expectancy, but like, I'm not terminally ill. Um, I don't feel like sick or I don't feel pain or anything like that. Um, it's not contagious. Unfortunately, there's people who are like, I don't want to catch that from her. That's, it's not contagious either. Um, so I mean, truthfully, I forget I have it a lot of the time. Um, it's just like, it's not who I am. It's just like something I experienced. So just like someone has allergies or, you know, whatever the case may be, glasses. It's it's just, it's something I, I have and I, I deal with, but most days it's like, I really like don't even realize I have a disability. It's just, I feel like so normal. And I think 
I've accomplished a lot. Like I said, you know, it can be different depending on, you know, the case of it that you have and the diagnosis that you have. But when I was younger, like I know that doctors had told my parents, like, we're not sure how much she'll be able to do. We're not sure if she'll be able to walk or, you know, drive or whatever the case may be. And I mean, I walk, I I drive, I do, I'm very independent. Like I, I do every, like, sometimes I just need, you know, to do things maybe in a, a different way than other people, but you know, I'm, I'm very capable of anything I set my mind to. Um, it doesn't cognitively affect me in any way. So, um, I think that's like another unfortunate misconception about disability is that, um, you know, people aren't capable of, of certain things or are, you know, also mentally affected. And that's just not the case in every, um, every disability. It's, you know, different from condition to condition and from case to case. So you said that it, for you, so for some people, they find out that they have cerebral palsy when they are young, but for you, you were born with it, right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I think my parents found out that I had it. Um, I mean, early into like being a baby, um, I was having a hard time. Like I was having delayed milestones in Mm -hmm. like crawling, sitting up, walking. um, And that led to, you know, so many different like specialist visits, pediatrician visits, um, like MRIs, different things. And um, ultimately that was like my diagnosis. So, I mean, I was born with it, but Mm -hmm. um, I think it's not really like in such a mild case, like I have as well. It's not really something that was detectable until I was kind of like having those delays with sitting up by myself, crawling and walking. Um, I know that you kind of touched on um, a misconception of it or multiple uh, technically with, you know, people thinking that they can catch it, but what would you say is the most common misconception about cerebral palsy? I think there's something I've just, I mean, experienced in general is that, again, like I'm so different than other people or I'm not like capable. Um, I think that like capability is a big like phrase that, that comes into my mind. I think that there's been a lot of people that have like doubted me or, um, you know, have the assumption I can't hold a job or like, like I said, just do things that a normal 26 year old girl can do. And I can live a completely full life. And I think just people thinking I'm not, I'm not capable or that I'm really different. Like I'm, I'm very basic. I'm just like other girls for the most part. So um, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not something that makes me like so different, but I think that people automatically like see that I walk differently or I use a walker and it's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, she's like, it's almost like I'm an alien. I get like a lot of stares when I go places or, you know, comments from strangers that are very unfortunate. So, um, I just think like those, just people thinking I'm, I'm not capable or there must be like an, an accident that I was in. Um, because you know, I'm, I have, you know, physical differences. Um, sure. Yeah. Just, I think capability is like the biggest thing. People thinking I am not capable or, you know, can't, can't achieve things that everyone else can, but I yeah. mean, truthfully, I achieve more than some other people I know, not to sound like, no, you know, it's great. like conceited, but there's, I mean, I, I achieve like a lot and, and, and capable of, I mean, pretty much of achieving anything that anybody else can. Right. And like, in all honesty, like when we first chatted with you last week, mm-hmm. um, I mean, immediate thought was okay girl boss (laughs) but like you know you I think just like hearing about like what you do and like your motivation and like your um just like the strive that you have like I think it's like what kind of like led us to like you so much along with like your personality and like your story um so I can totally see that um but I know you kind of also like dipped into just like that being a challenge. Um, but what are like some other challenges that you've had to overcome, uh, just like growing up? Yeah, I would say, I mean, there's a couple different 
areas. Um, I think a lot was just like exclusion and bullying, which everyone, I mean, I think a lot of people experience, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people experience just like mean girls and other, mm-hmm. you know, kids just not being nice or not feeling included. Um, I would say like that wasn't as bad when I was like really younger, but then I think you kind of like get older and it's like, people are like worried about like what other people think or, you know, what's, what's cool. Um, so I was definitely like, not cool. Um, you know, like being different was like, not, you know, not cool to other people. So there was kind of like that exclusion. Um, and growing up, I thought like, oh, that kind of like, that will get better. Um, I mean, I still was like, I will definitely have to deal with comments from strangers, unfortunately. Like I worked in retail during college and I had, um, you know, people make comments to me uh, that were, in my opinion, wildly inappropriate um, and personal for someone who was working in a store, uh, minding my own business. Um, So like dealing with just inappropriate things that other people say. Um, and then, you know, I thought to, I think growing up like, oh, it's kind of like, oh, people maybe will mature more in high school or people will mature more in college and it'll be a different experience and I won't feel like as excluded and something. Um, I actually went to college my first year somewhere. I won't even name it. Um, they will not be named, but I went there and every single class I went to, it was, it was a smaller private school. Every single class I went to, I was the, like, there was maybe a couple empty chairs. They were like smaller classrooms, like the size of a high school classroom. And every single like seat would be taken except like the one like next to me on each side. Um, and I was kind of like, Ooh, this is weird. Like in my first class, like, and you don't know anybody. Um, so I, I mean, I was like, I'll go to the next class. Like, it'll be okay. And I even would sit next to people and they'd get up and move. And that's when I was like, oh hmm, something seems off. Um, and I remember the first day of class, I was like, I don't want to be here. I was commuting. And I was like, I don't want to be here. I think I need to withdraw. My mom was like, do it. Like, you'll be okay. Um, and I went to like another day of classes, same thing. Then halfway through the year, I was like, I think I need to like find a different school. This has been horrible. I was getting like stares in the hallway. I had professors make wildly inappropriate comments. And I, my mom was like worried. I think that, cause I always loved school. Like I love, like, I love learning. So, um, I, my mom though, I think was worried like, oh, she's not going to go back to school if she stops. Like, what is she going to do instead? Um, and it was unfortunate cause I loved learning so much. And I felt like that had been kind of like taken from me in a way because of this negative experience I was having. Um, so I like begged my mom to like, let me drop out of college halfway through the first year. And she was like, no, you need to go. Like she paid for the second semester. She's like, you need to go. She like, we paid for my book. She's like, it's done. Like, just go. Like, it's a whole new pool of people. It's five new classes. Um, same thing happened in every single class. Um, not blaming my mom, by the way, my mom is like the best person in the world. Um, but I think that she just wanted the best for me. And she thought like, I don't think she understood like the depth of how bad it was. Um, but I started like getting a lot of like anxiety. That's when I first started experiencing anxiety, like during that winter break between those first two semesters. Um, and then at the end of that school year, I actually was just so burnt out. I took an entire gap year, um, just really did some soul searching, um, and ended up then after taking that year off, I started at a different school. Um, and that was like, it was like a completely different experience. Um, and it was really positive. So I think though, that I, I was like kind of unsure, like, will I ever be okay again? Will I ever be able to like make friends? Will I ever like get a full-time job? Well, like there was all these like questions and unknowns. And I think that was one of the lowest points in my life because I I didn't know like what I was going to do moving forward. And that was really tough. Um, and it was definitely like the most anxious I've ever felt. Um, and then again, I'm, I had this really good college experience then. So um, like I, I was really involved. I joined um, a sorority and that like, I think really helped to get me out of my shell and make friends. And then, you know, I was in so many classes that I really enjoyed and 
um, in my public speaking classes, I remember like I, I always did like a speech about my disability because I'm like, let's just rip the bandage off. Let's just address the elephant in the room. People won't have to ask questions or wonder, like I'm just going to address it. Um, so that was always like a presentation I did in those classes, um, just because I felt like there was like eyes on me and I was like, I'll just address it. Cause I know people are wondering, I mean, human, mm-hmm. human curiosity. Um, and then after graduating, I was like, oh, you know, thinking it's, it's, it was 2019 then when I graduated. So, you know, things are so progressive now and companies are so inclusive and I didn't really think there had been an issue. Like I had an, had an internship in college and it was great. Like nobody ever said anything about my disability. Like these were professional adults. And I went into the job interview process and uh, it, that was really tough. Um, when I was actually going through that um, is when I actually started seeing a therapist because I kind of started feeling like those same feelings I had felt when I was in college between, um, Mm -hmm. between schools and felt like at a really low point. So, um, I kind of had that feeling again, I was very anxious. I was like, I don't know now if I'm going to be able to achieve getting a full-time job. Like I have a degree now, but I was going to these interviews and I think like the worst was, a a CEO at a company interviewed me. Like I went through like a five person interview and the CEO was one of the last people to come in the room. And he had asked me like, so what's going on here? And kind of motioned to my walker. We were sitting down and I said, what do you mean? And he was like, like all this. And I was like, oh, I have, I have a disability. And he was like, oh, he's like, so this is a permanent thing that we would have to deal with. That's part of the package if you worked here. I was like, correct. He's like, so it's not going away. And I was like, no. And he's like, hmm. And then he was like, you know, what's your diagnosis? And these, like, I know are like, I mm-hmm. think illegal interview questions, but um, he was yeah, like, oh, what's ignorant. your diagnosis? Very, very, very ignorant. Yeah. And I uh, told him and because I didn't know what to say. We were in this little conference room, just the two of us. And I was like, told him and he goes, oh, you know, a kid on. Um, that, you know, helps on the newspaper. My son plays high school football and a kid that writes the sports stories on the newspaper and interviews my son a lot. He has that. And surprisingly, like, he's kind of bright. And I was like, is that supposed to oh. make me feel better? <laughs> like, it oh. was very odd. Um, one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. And this was like an adult man that was a CEO at this place that I was interviewing. And I was just really taken aback. And then a couple months later, like actually right before the pandemic, I interviewed somewhere mm-hmm. where a woman the entire time talked like this to me. And I'm like, oh my God. Think I was like mentally capable. Like, why are you even interviewing me? Like, it was very bizarre. And she kept saying like, can you keep up with me? Are you able to meet someone else today? Can you say hello to them? And I'm like, I am. So- I am. I am like mentally very capable. And even if I wasn't, that is not how you speak to people. If they're, you know, hard of hearing, if they're, you know, have any kind of mental challenges, that is like still not the way you address them. So I like went through this time where I was like, I'm never going to get a job. Um, And I think that was hard to deal with because I'm like, people should be professional. And that wasn't even a concern of mine, like going into job interviews. Absolutely. That like became a a big, a big thing where then I was like incredibly anxious. It was deterring me from applying to jobs and, and getting one. Um, and like, we'll be very transparent. I don't work at any of these places where I work is great. Um, that, that nothing, like no one has ever said a thing to me. Like, it's just because it's completely irrelevant to my job that I have a disability, but I think it was like hard because my whole life I was like, Oh, it'll be better. Like, it'll be better when, when I get older and it's like, unfortunately there's still so many people that just like, like there's still a lot of hurdles. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm so happy that like you found, you know, a job that you love and that, you know, it seems like the people are great, but I just have to ask, like going back to the woman who was interviewing you and talking like a complete fucking idiot. How did you kind of like maneuver like that interview? Like, did, like, did you bring anything up to her or did you kind of just let her do her thing and kind of just like entertain the idea? Like how I, I just like think of myself like being in your shoes. Like, I don't know if I would initially just be like, 
um, like I, I can hear you just fine or end up, you know, being snarky and talking to her the same way that she was talking to me. Yeah. Um, I also forgot when I stood up, when she came to get me out of the waiting area and I like sitting in a chair, I stood up and she saw that, like I grabbed my walker to stand up. And sometimes it takes me like a second to get up because my muscles are tight. Like they can get stiff. So, and I'd been sitting there for like 15 minutes. I was early. So it took me a second to stand up, but like nothing was wrong or anything. And the second, like I stood up and she saw me grab the walker, she goes, Oh no. And I was like, wait, what? Like, but I kept going because I was like, this is a job. Like I, I, at that point, I think it had been like eight months post-grad. And like I had uh-huh. said, like interviews that I kept having were deterring me. It was like this like anxiety ridden thing where it was like these experiences were deterring me from applying to jobs. So it had been like this drawn out thing. I was getting nervous. Like I'm never going to find a job. Now there's this big gap in my professional work. And so I just like went through with the interview. And then the worst part is I like went and did a second interview with her boss and said nothing. And I learned more about the job and it wasn't, I think at that point too, it was something that there was like a lot of disconnect. There was a lot of things that had nothing to do with the situation um, that I was in with her behaving poorly. It had, I mean, there was other things about the job where I'm like, this team has no communication with each other. Like mm-hmm. her boss told me something completely different about the role than she did. It was just very like off. Um, and I ended up getting funny enough, a job offer. And I had a full blown like what I would say is like the first anxiety attack I ever had. I remember I was like driving and I got a phone call and I pulled over and I just remember it started snowing and all I saw was white and I just started panicking. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. Like, am I going to pass out? I felt like I couldn't breathe. It just started snowing. I pulled over to the side of the road and I was like, what do I do? And then like the next Tuesday enrolled in therapy and like talked through it all and then ended up not, um, I ended up declining the job offer and they, um, I blocked the woman's number who was the hiring manager. I blocked her um, like number on my phone. I blocked her on LinkedIn <laughs> um, and was just kind of like, I don't want her to reach out to me again. Um, funny. Cause I found like in my voicemail, like over a year later, she left me a voicemail being like, why didn't you accept the job offer? And I was like, Ooh, I blocked her number. So I didn't hear this voicemail, but I ended up just telling human resources, like it, it wasn't a match. Um, she acted very inappropriately towards me. I just sent it an email, a couple paragraphs, and they wanted to ask me more questions at a later time. And um, I just declined because at that point, like I said what I needed to say, and I felt like I just couldn't keep like opening that wound again. Um, mm-hmm. So I just Absolutely. kind of was like, I'm going to leave it be. I'm not going to take the job. Um, and I like to talk through it with my therapist, like that first therapy appointment, I was like, I don't know what to do. And, um, I didn't owe them anything. So I didn't like give them any more information, but yeah, it was really hard because I just like went along with the whole thing. And looking back, I am like regretful because now I'm a lot stronger of a person. This was almost like three years ago. So now I feel like I also, I'm a stronger person. I've been through a lot more and I also just have gotten to the point like this year, I've really like come into my own. And I really don't care what anybody thinks anymore. Like I've completely like, disregarded what other people think, um, which is a very freeing feeling. But I think because I, you know, have just grown a lot as a person. Now I look back and I would have been like, I'm leaving. Like, absolutely not. Like I'm leaving. You don't deserve my time. You don't deserve me as an employee. Like, good luck. You yeah, and I... act bad. And I would have laughed. Absolutely. I think like, um, like you were saying before, you know, that time in your life was extremely like anxiety inducing for you, given the fact that you'd had so many poor experiences with these interviews. Like, I don't blame you for not knowing what to do. You know what I mean? Like job interviews are daunting as is, but especially when someone's treating you like that and being so disrespectful and like ignorant. Um, and you're already, you know, in, in a place where you feel like, you're struggling and you were, like you said, feeling like, am I ever going to get a job? And it's just like, she kind of kicked you while you were down. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, don't blame you for feeling the way that you did, but I commend you for being able to look back now and say like, oh, if, because of like all the growth that I've had, because now I'm confident in who I am, I, I would say something in a heartbeat. And I think that's just like amazing. You can really see like the growth, um, that, you know, you having, 
the same opportunity that everybody else has, has like allowed you to, um, you know, allowed that growth. And I just think like, kind of on the topic of, I know that you said that you feel like, um, a hurdle that you have to kind of, kind of jump over, uh, quite a bit is people thinking that you can't achieve certain things. And, um, First of all, here to say that it's bullshit if anybody thinks that. And second of all, um, I do want to talk about your uh, role in making fashion more inclusive. I know we talked about this last week on our little meeting with you, and I just think that that is a huge achievement, and it's mm-hmm. so cool. And I really think our listeners would like really love to hear um, what you've done in that realm, what you hope to do, et cetera. So just, just tell everybody what you were talking to us about last week. Yeah. So as I touched on, um, I feel like there's a lot of obviously stereotypes and stigmas around disability. And I feel like a lot of it is just due to like the lack of representation people with disabilities have in like on social media, in like TV, film, um, just like all, all types of media, fashion, beauty. I mean, just everything. I feel like, you know, disability is one of the largest minority groups, but there's still so much progress with inclusion to be made, um, you know, with disability. So, um, I think that a lot of these like stereotypes and and stigmas that come from, um, it, it just comes from a place of like, a lack of knowledge and a lack of, I think, seeing people with disabilities. So, you know, when I, when I go places or like when I said, when I worked in retail, people would always say to me, like, I mean, on like a weekly basis, I'd have a customer say something like, Oh, how did you injure yourself? And I would say, I, I didn't like, first off, it's none of your business, but second, like I didn't. And she was like, well, what did you do to like, end up like this? And I I got this like same sentiment so many times that I started realizing it wasn't it the way that they were phrasing it. And I think why they were asking if I was injured was because they had this like idea, this stereotype that they bought into about disability where you're like bedridden, not like not capable of having a job mm-hmm. or a life. And it's like this disability just completely like, shuts you in a way in a little dark closet where you're locked up and you don't leave the house. And she, it's like, you know, I remember this one specific woman just kept prying, like, what happened? What happened? And I, I told her, I was like, I have a disability. She's like, you do. And it's like, it, she, she couldn't wrap her mind around it. And I remember thinking like, she's like, well, it just doesn't seem like you do thinking. And I think it was because again, she wasn't educated. And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people aren't. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, they don't, it's, they don't see disability a lot. So when they, when people see me, it's like kind of like the shock or they're not used to it. So something that I'm really passionate about is educating people and just making disability more, um, you know, more visible, um, and just, putting people with disabilities, you know, in the spotlight, it doesn't necessarily even have to be about their disability, just like greater inclusion. Um, And something I'm really like passionate about is fashion and beauty and, you know, those industries. So um, I, you know, noticed a lot of companies are, have gotten like so much better with, you know, all sorts of diversity efforts, um, but majority are still like lacking this really genuine and authentic inclusion of people with disabilities. Um, And I think just like that greater inclusion, like fashion's for everyone, makeup's Mm -hmm. for everyone. And I think that like with, you know, greater representation, if, you know, companies are featuring creators, you know, or influencers um, in their campaigns um, or models on their website um, with, you know, all different kinds of, you know, a, disabilities, I just think that it would help kind of bridge, bridge that gap and help to kind of dissolve some of those stereotypes and break some of those barriers. Um, So I kind of realized there was this 
I guess, kind of like this missing part that a lot of companies that are trying to be more diverse were were missing, and that was with disabilities. So, um, I mean, some companies do a great job already. Some are kind of starting, but I noticed like some companies I I really like don't. So I kind of got this idea of like early early in 2022 where I was like, I should reach out and pitch some companies, some ideas because I work in, you know, social media. I have a lot of ideas and, you know, have a lot of like knowledge about how social media like works for businesses. And um, that's just where like my professional interests are. And then, you know, my personal interests, fashion and beauty. So like, why not reach out to some companies? So I reached out to a couple and like, didn't hear anything back or kind of heard like, thanks, but no thanks. Um, and I had like really specific ideas for some of these places where I was sending them like really detailed emails. Um, and this was just fun for me to work on. It was like a passion project, something to do in my mm-hmm. spare time, kind of like a hobby. And then um, Free People is one of my favorite brands. And I had noticed they had featured um, a woman who was a wheelchair user and I thought that that was really cool. And being, it was one of my favorite companies. I was like, wow, it was like a very authentic way that they had featured her too. It wasn't like, look, she has a disability or she has a wheelchair. It was just like a really cute photo of her, like wearing free people clothing. And I really liked how genuine it seemed. Like, um, I think they had first, it looked like they had first shared a photo of her that she had just like tagged. So they used it as like, UGC user generated content. Mm-hmm. And um, then it looked like they had kind of like partnered with her. So I commented on one of their posts. I'm like, I really love this. Like, it's so genuine. Um, I have a disability. Like I have some ideas for content. Would you guys like ever be interested in like chatting further? And like, it was a random like Wednesday night and like 10 minutes later, they're like, send us a DM. We'd love to hear from you. So I like slid into free people's DMs then. And just kind of like shared some photos of myself and like some background information. And um, I am like the, their biggest fan. Like there's a couple of sweaters I have in like six or seven colors, like <laughs> the biggest free people fan. Um, so like 70% of my closet is free people. So it's like, it was like a very genuine organic connection to make with them. And they were like, great, like cool. They didn't even like set up a call or anything. It was just a couple of days later. I had like a legally find a contract in my email. Um, and for a paid partnership, it was like a three month campaign. I did two outfits, um, every month, um, some static photos and then a video, um, each month, like a reels TikTok style video. And, um, it was just really fun to create content. Um, I mean, I'm not like some big influencer or anything. I'm, it's very much too, I was, I was surprised that they wanted to like agreed to work with me because I like have under a thousand Instagram followers. It's like my personal account. Um, I'm like a kind of a wannabe influencer. Um, so I like, it's, yeah, I'm like a wannabe influencer. So I was like, Oh, I'm shocked that they'd even like give me a chance. Um, but I think it was more so for them. Like I was looking at it for like them to kind of use the content and it was, I mean, I'm not really going to probably pull in like people like buying stuff from the links they gave me, but it's like content that they can use. Um, so they reposted a couple of my like posts and my, um, TikToks and, uh, on their TikTok account. So that was really exciting. And, um, that was like the first company that I got to work with. And I really hope to work with, you know, more companies, but I think it was really, um, it felt really monumental for me. I think especially too, because, you know, I don't need the, approval from other people or, you know, outside validation. Um, but it was really fun to like post that and to feel like I accomplished things like looking back at like being excluded or, you know, being bullied or looking at all the times people like doubted me, people, you know, strangers, and then people that I know, like that doubted me to my face. It was like, really exciting then to achieve like a really big goal of my own and be able to share that and be like, look what I did. Like all these people that think I'm not capable, like look at this cool thing that I did. So um, that's kind of how I got, got started with, with doing that. And I think, you know, it helps to create, like I said, better visibility for people with disabilities. I think the more people see um, people with just, you know, all sorts of disabilities and, 
again, like looking at the whole realm of diversity, just like people who all look different. Um, I think, you know, fashion and, and beauty needs to be a more inclusive space. So um, I think there's a like, great effort starting, but again, that like disability piece, I think is like, there's a lot of opportunity there for companies to tap into. So I think like the more people are included, um, the more people see disability, the more comfortable they'll be with it. And they can see like, oh, Dana's really capable. Like she walks, she has a cute outfit on from free people. And, you know, it's, it's not like then is shocking. Maybe if they see someone else, you know, with a walker or someone else who walks similar to me, it won't be like this big shock. I think all of that is just like so inspiring and just really amazing. You know, like you've said, like we're seeing so many brands kind of make strides in, you know, being inclusive when it comes to like size and disability and different things like that. Um, but I know you said you haven't seen a lot of people that uh, have cerebral palsy represented in fashion media or people that, you know, may use a walker or something like that. And um, what do you think is really a key moment for you of like realizing that not only did you want to see this change in fashion and in media, but that you wanted to like be a part of this change? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of, a lot of different things. I think I was kind of like looking for, I mean, in, in one sense, I was looking for like a passion project, something to kind of, you know, work on in my free time. And, um, you know, I've always like tried creating content and in my free time. And I mean, I was like, I made YouTube videos when I was like, I'm really outing myself now. Um, in like seventh grade, I was like making like fashion and like makeup videos. Um, yeah. And I was like 13. Um, and I think, you know, there's so many different things I had like, then it was like after YouTube, it was like Tumblr and, and Pinterest and Instagram and now TikTok and all these different things. And I think like something that always held me back was me like being scared of like internet trolls or I'm like, oh, I can't, or, you know, not seeing like a lot of other influencers or content creators, um, you know, who had any kind of differences or disabilities. So I think, you know, again, I think there's kind of like this, this gap in, in content creators where there's not a lot of, you know, people representing fashion um, as an influencer or content creator. Um, and like I said, that was always an interest of mine, like since I was like 13 with my like really, um, unfortunate makeup tutorials. Um, like, <laughs> I used to do those too. I think, I think we all had like that one YouTube phase when we were like preteens, like very early teens. When where many Mona yes. was like a thing and where you were like, I need to be, a, oh, I know I had it. It's my like, parents yeah. were like, absolutely not. I... <laughs> Yeah, I would not let me. I'm gonna like out myself too, because again, we all I think we all have like the like the cringy like YouTube phase. My cousin oh, yeah. and I, we like made singing videos, and we were god awful, like very god awful, because we like we were so young, we don't know how to delete them off of YouTube. Stop, that's so funny. <laughs> like we don't have the account like information. I knew it was her email. But we just don't know how to delete you can't it. Get in. And like we've emailed YouTube so many times because I don't want that to ever be found and watch people like go look for it now. But like it is embarrassing. I'll I'm be glad looking. you guys can relate. I was like, this is so embarrassing, really outing no, myself. But I think like, like we all went through that phase. It's normal. Oh it's so normal. Even yeah. worse, like my parents wouldn't let me post on YouTube, and I also wasn't allowed to wear makeup until I was in like eighth grade I think and so I would like sneak it and like go like buy it if I was at like Walgreens or like CVS because I loved makeup so much and like I love my mom and I think she like realized that like how much I loved makeup and like later let my sister start wearing it at a younger age and stuff but like I will not do that to my kids if they tell me that they like makeup because I was so cringy I would I wasn't allowed to post the videos on YouTube and by what I'm saying, you would think my parents are like insanely strict, but they're not. I was just the firstborn, and so I was the guinea pig and everything. And they were like, "No, no, no!" But because I wasn't allowed to post these videos, I would 
just record them and like just watch them myself <laughs> and just record them on my phone like me doing a <laughs> tutorial with my like nine, I don't know if you guys remember the 99 cent Sally Beauty eyeshadows yes yeah. mm-hmm. those were I had those in like every color and I would like do those or like play with like the makeup set that I um I got for like Christmas or something and like record tutorials that I wouldn't even be allowed to post anywhere so I'm, I'm glad we can all relate there because it's like <laughs> such a special moment in childhood I remember being like I, I look back it's just something I've always like been interested in and it stayed an interest but I think like everyone doubts themselves or like grows out of that you know they grow out of the phase of wanting to create content but I don't think I ever did it was always like still still there in my oh, heart yeah. but I kind of was always like, oh, like, I don't want to be bullied on the internet or I don't want like people that I go to school with to think I'm weird. Or, I mean, there was just like so many things where I just like, let it hold me back. And I'm like, oh, I can't do like an outfit video. These people will see I have a walker, like when I show my whole outfit or there's just so many things where I, I was the one stopping myself. I was letting my disability like stop me. Um, which unfortunately I've done that in like a lot of situations in my life um just I think from like a lack of like confidence and just caring too much about what people think um but like I said 2022 was like the year where I'm like I'm really trying hard to like not care what anybody thinks anymore so um I just like I saw this opportunity and kind of just went for it and I think that you know in this day and age there there's just such a huge push to be just inclusive on every level. So, mm-hmm. um, again, I saw this like area of improvement for companies and kind of had this expertise in social media, this, you know, really unique perspective of being like a consumer with a disability and then this, you know, interest in, in content and, and fashion. So, um, I think it was just like a combination of a lot of my interests put together. And I was like, I'm gonna try something with this. <laughs> As you should. And honestly, like, I'm glad that you took the leap because who the fuck cares what other people think? And I know easier said than done because I I kind of fall into, like, the same trap. I feel like maybe the people pleaser in us do. Like, if I were to get, like, a comment or something about, like, the way I'm dressed or the way I look, like, I would take that personally. Like, that shit scares me. And it makes sense that, you know, that's what kept you from, you know, kind of taking that risk. But I'm glad that you're doing it because you're doing something that's amazing. And I am I can only imagine that you're having so much fun doing it because you're combining like your passion with your life. And it's just, it's for the greater good mm-hmm. more than anything. Because again, like kind of just like on the topic of what we've been talking about, like inclusion matters. It really, really does. I like, I constantly like see those videos on TikTok of like, um, people who like walk by a store. And I think when, like when Target started featuring people with Down syndrome in their ads, I remember coming across a TikTok where, um, this one guy was just like, she looks like me. And like that touched my heart. So. Yeah. I think just like, not only obviously like the inclusion, but just people having that representation. It yeah. can be like life changing, especially with something as big as fashion, because we wear clothes every day, you yeah. know, like being included, included in that is not only like a want, but a need it's necessary. You know what I mean? Um, so I just, I really commend you for like everything you do and, I know you're only going to do like more of it. I mean, I know you said you've worked with free people, but what is like the dream brand to work with? And what if you could like have your wildest dreams come true with like an impact that you could make using your disability in the fashion world to like bring, you know, inclusion to bring this representation, what would be the big dream? Would you own your own store? Would you be like a model? What would, what, what would that look like for you? Yeah. I mean, there's so many companies that I think are doing things really well that I would love to work with that, you know, are already doing like really cool, um, things. And I think that I, you know, they're already on the right track. So I'd like to be, you know, part of it since they're already really, you know, open to that inclusivity. And then there's other companies where I'm like, Ooh, I really like them, but I think that they can, you know, 
really, you know, work on things. Um, so there's so many companies I want to like pitch. I think like cold pitching or just commenting or like DMing them like is, is really, um, great. Um, I actually most recently, so I think a company that's actually doing things like really, really well is, um, Jerf Avenue, which is the influencer Matilda Jerf's, um, clothing line. And like, they are doing like things in what I think is like absolute perfection. Um, they have featured like so many different people. So there's been, um, girls with I me mean, first off, like their size inclusivity and just like showing so many different people of different, um, backgrounds. They do have just done a fabulous job, but they've also featured, um, different girls with down syndrome. Um, I've noticed, um, you know, some people who are amputees, um, there is someone who had um, a colostomy bag. I mean, they've done like so many different things and the caption is not like, you know, so-and-so with down syndrome is, you know, modeling this. It's just like the caption, something about like her sweater. Like it's very much like, because fashion like is for everyone, everyone mm -hmm. wears clothes. And I mean, it's like genuine and authentic in the way that they're including people. It's not like they're using, you know, someone with a disability as like, a prop or a way to get a pat on the back. Um, Absolutely. It's like very genuine. And it's like, it doesn't, because I mean, the model having down syndrome has 0% to do with outfit. Like it's, she's looks really cute wearing it. And that's right. the point of like featuring her on their Instagram or their website. Um, so I actually reached out to them and they sent me an outfit to like take some pictures in. So that's really That's fun. Um, I like, I'm so excited because I just think they're like doing things right. And they really like, we're excited about like my feedback um, that I gave. So that was really nice. Um, so that's like one company I think that's doing it really well. And I mean, it was like so instant when I like connected with them um, and just a really nice like conversation. So that's, um, that's like, what's next, I guess. Just like, I'm going to do a little like, you know, post. Um, and maybe they'll repost it. Um, but it was like really exciting for them to like send me a package. And um, I just like had reached out and just told them like, you are doing things so right. And I so appreciate the way that, Aww. you know, you're doing things in such a genuine way. Um, like, I don't think like being that, gen I think that's like one of the most genuine, like, and well, just rounded marketing strategies I've seen. Um, I would like to see more too, like in the beauty space with like makeup brands. Um, I think a lot of like companies have started to feature, um, I think a lot of times cause disability, you know, even if it's visible, like makeup companies, a lot of times just showing someone's face. So I think a lot of times they, you know, gravitate towards someone who might like look different just viewing their face. Like, a, um, a lot of times they, you know, share, uh, people with down syndrome. Um, but I think including again, like more disabilities would be really great for beauty companies just because, Again, I feel like there's this like stigma where people like who have disabilities, like don't want to look pretty or don't want to do their makeup or, you know, don't want to have cute clothes. So I think like beauty brands, I think can really tap into this as well. Um, and I don't know, I'd say like my overall goal, um, I would like love to eventually one day, like maybe start as like, just in my like free time, like freelance consulting for companies um, that you know, want to be more inclusive, um, just because I have like professional background in social media marketing and then, you know, my own again, interests and my unique perspective as a like consumer, um, with a disability, I think like doing some consulting work would be really fun. Um, maybe like one day be a creative director or, um, like in-house somewhere, or again, like own my own creative, consulting agency. Um, I mean, this is like far down the line. I'm just like spitballing here, but like big goals are good. Um, kind of a pipe dream, but I definitely would like that. Or I don't know, maybe like a brand, a brand collab, um, would be fun. Like to collaborate with a brand. I think too, something I've, I really love seeing is like companies do adaptable clothing or adaptable shoes. Um, I personally, don't need to buy adaptable 
clothing, like I can get clothing on it without accommodations, but I think that, you know, some people need like snaps in certain areas instead of buttons or snaps instead of zippers. I mean, there's like a whole market of, of that as well. I think a company that does it really well is Skims. Um, Skims is like one of the only companies I've seen um, offer, they have offer like adaptive undergarments and shapewear where there's underwear that have snaps on the side for people who can't um, or have a hard time putting their legs in like the leg holes for underwear, different garments. Um, so I think like Skims is a company that does things really well, especially with adaptive wear. Um, Zappos has a whole adaptive website too, um, with all different shoes that are like easier for people to get on with, um, Velcro, if they have a hard time, like doing laces or shoes that are like slip on, if they have a hard time, like physically getting a shoe on. So I think that, you know, there's that whole thing to tap into. And I personally don't like have the needs for, you know, adaptive clothing, but I think that that's a really, um, you know, a, a area where I wish more companies were doing that because again, it's, it's, I'm sure hard to find those adaptive pieces that are actually cute. I mean, one area when I was younger and I, when I wore leg braces, the leg braces add like so much width to your foot. Um, so I would have to get like a triple wide shoe to fit like the leg brace in. Um, and my only option was New Balance. And I love, I actually love New Balance. Um, I have a couple like really fun pairs, but the New Balance that like, first off when I was younger too, wearing leg braces, it like sneakers were not the thing. Like everyone mm -hmm. now wears sneakers with everything. And that's like the biggest blessing in the world because I love <laughs> sneakers. So it's like, now I can wear them with dresses. But when I was younger, it was like, no one wore sneakers with dress. Like no oh, yeah. one was wearing sneakers. They're huge now, but they were like yeah. the shoe back in they the day. They were the dad shoe. And the ones that I could fit my leg braces into were the ugly. There was like one option. And I remember I had one pair that was like silver and maroon dad shoes. And I was so mad. And oh, I uh, think that like, the thing is though, New Balance is a brand where like, you know, the, the person who made my leg braces, physical therapists, like everyone always talks about New Balance. Like everyone in like, the community of having leg braces um, or any kind of orthotics, like New Balance is like the brand for being able to get like shoes that come, that are supportive, that come in wider widths um, that you can peel like the insoles out of and there's enough room to put your orthotic in it. So I'm really shocked that they haven't tapped into with that market, like tapped into marketing and making those styles cuter. Um, I've seen a lot of like little kids shoe brands make shoes for disabilities um, and for, you know, that leg braces fit into, but New Balance is again, like that go-to company for people who have leg braces. And I've never seen them like tap into that market, um, like deliberately. Like I, See, I and I'm sure they have they to be aware you. of it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like New Balance, like. Hire me. Call me. Yeah. Sponsor me. Yeah. Sponsor me, New Balance. For real. If this somehow gets around to any brands out there, give Dana a call because clearly she's got some good ideas and, you know, big plans here. Um, and I really think like everything that you are doing and all of your goals are so amazing. And I think really like any brand would be so lucky to work with you. Um, and I just like think you're awesome. And um, thank you so much for coming on here and talking to us. What you're doing is amazing and you are so ambitious and I only hope to see you on like every fucking like campaign that like any brand wants to do. Like I, I, I really, really think that you are something special. And I know that you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that you are more than your disability. And I think I think a good like closing question would be who do you want or what do you want people to know you for? Cause clearly you're more than just having cerebral palsy, but like, how do you want to be known? Like in the world, like what, you know, what do you want to be like on your gravestone or tombstone? Like when you die, I feel like that's like a common question, but like, what is it for you? I love this question. It's a big one. Um, it's hard to, um, I would just say like, just being a good, like a genuinely good person, a kind person. I think that 
again, because of experiences I've gone through in my life, it's made me so hyper aware of treating people equally and kindly and being open-minded and accepted to, you know, people of all walks of life. Um, so I would just say like being a, a genuinely kind, good person. Um, I mean, that's like the most Im- important thing to me is just being kind to other people and just genuinely, you know, being too empathetic and just being a good person. <laughs> as well, cliche I think as that sounds. No, I, I think that's really obvious. And, mm-hmm. you know, as someone who obviously only knows you via a couple of Zoom calls, right. I think that that really shines through when I get to speak to you and we get to speak to you. Yeah. So like, you're already doing such a yeah. great job with that. If that's your life's goal, like, honestly, that's so it's so admirable. And I think that you just like, you're just awesome. And I feel like we just like need to hang out with you in person. I know we, like, we need like a coffee date. You know, our new best friend. Like, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Um, I am always looking for new friends. That's like the best thing. Yes, absolutely. We need to do that. Yeah. yeah we'll let's get together. We'll, let's honestly, talk about that. I know sure. we, we have like the next few weeks that are kind of like hectic in our lives right now, but like we definitely need to get together hopefully before the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, because I so badly want to meet you. Uh, you're just such like a good presence to be around and given we're only like on like a virtual call, but like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like you could light up a room. Absolutely. Yeah. You have like such a great energy about you. And I think it's like, <laughs> obviously going to be really evident to anybody who watches this, but, um, thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to have you plug your like Instagram or mm-hmm. your TikTok or anything that you're working on just so that we can have, um, anybody who, you know, is listening to this episode, go ahead and give you a follow and, you know, keep up with what you're doing. Yeah. Um, on social media, I'm just Dana Tobias, Dana with a Y. I always said that's like my disclaimer, Dana with a Y. <laughs> um, People always get it mixed up. It's okay. Dana with a Y, phonetically spelled D-A-Y-N-A-D-O-B-I-A-S. That's where I'm at on social. Awesome. And we'll have that linked in the episode description as well. I think that is a great way to close out episode 29 with Dana. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening as always. And, and watching this time. And, yeah, and watching. <laughs> uh, and we will see you in two weeks. <laughs>